previously on the madness of Chartrullian. Any chance I could get a primer on Lapidin's little summit? Astraeus' resources are stretched dangerously thin. We need to make a case for future development. You either lure them in with riches or scare them. Well, I'll go with scare, perhaps. Valiant, at your service. King Starbringer has something big planned for your division. Keep it small. I'll do my best. Did you tell your friend what really happened? The generals set us up to fail. Where is our backup? Cowards never showed up. Many of them lost their ranks over that. Which puts me in a very uncomfortable position. Nine sons and daughters of Jardakai were involved in the incident. They were the ones who unleashed the calamity. Fire! Shan is with them now. Tonight, we raise our glasses in the name of progress. For now, we are closer to creating a true multi-race intergalactic empire than ever before. Let's eat! The following episode contains themes that may be distressing to some audiences. See our show notes for a full list of content warnings as well as links to transcripts. Madness of Chartrullian. Episode 3, Conduits for Madness. Chartrullian wound his way through the narrow streets of Back Alley Market, a small, vibrant neighborhood of Simitu. He carried his jacket in the crook of his arm and loosened the top buttons of his undershirt. The cool night air felt like an embrace after the suffocating atmosphere he had just escaped. It's been a long time since I've been in this part of the city. Hopefully, no one recognizes me. Back Alley was a place where those who wanted anonymity could find it. It was an area seldom visited by polite society. And frankly, Chartrullian had his fill of polite society for a while. He liked the market because, unlike the rest of Simitu, it held cultural interest. Filled with exotic colors, patterns, sounds, and smells, it reminded him of Idrica. It lacked the bleakness of modernity. The last time he had walked its congested streets, it felt untouched by the city's political strife. But not anymore. Now, 
hardly a surface was left untouched by activists. A shop owner scraped propaganda from his property with a trowel in slow, rhythmic motions. The man paused, looked up, and gave the subtlest of knowing nods. Chartrullian could sense the heaviness of his being. Adding to the tension was an increase of both Capitol Guards and the Order's Watchmen. The presence of the Guards made sense. The presence of the Watchmen, however, did not. Tall, faceless half-men in dark robes. They moved on their own, but lacked sentience. In place of faces were glowing red diamonds, which peeked out from beneath the hoods of the long, dark robes that hid their true, abominable, multi-armed forms. The market felt like a more dangerous place with them there. The fact that they could switch from sentinel to executioner at the drop of a hat had been etched in people's memories. Despite assurances of their reprogramming, everyone was cautious in their presence, including Chartrullian. He came to an intersection at the top of a hill and paused. To his right, the street opened up to a view of Simitu's Jardejo Temple, where he'd spent most of his life. It was situated in the middle of an agora, an odd mixture of ancient and modern architecture surrounded by lush gardens full of curiosities. I've walked down that road probably a thousand times. My muscle memory urges me that way. But I could never go back. How long will you stand by and let your families go hungry? The Starbringers have done little to put enough food on your table. And yet, the wealthy get all the food they want! while we ration. Strange to be caught up in this crowd. A stark contrast from where I came from. I feel like an imposter standing here. Because of the order, we live in fear. Fear of ourselves. Fear of the watchmen who have slaughtered our friends and families in cold blood. Even now, Standing among these people, I'm not sure what I feel. We've enabled our oppressors for far too long! It's time we rise up! Alright, that's enough noise for you. You come with us! The new regime is fighting for a future free of our oppressors! Down with El Starfinger! Chartrullian followed the moonlit path through the gates of Astraeus. As he crossed the threshold of his lab, his body began to unravel from the tangle his nerves had put it in, one muscle at a time. Finally, quiet. I think I'm done giving into social pressures for a while. Niven. Kievan. Ustra. Ekta. Marduk, Telkos, Lilial, Raptavian, Caliburn. Could I ever understand another human as well as I do these ships? At one time, that was the case. Now I'm not so sure. 
the calamity felt like a betrayal. I had no choice but to clip their wings. Until I know what caused the Berserker. They'll have to stay this way. Valian? Or could it be... Astraeus's medical wing was at the far end of the lab. Two large windows, one directly across from the other, illuminated a patch of corridor with soft amber light. Chartrullian stood between the two windows and peered first into one and then the other. In the first room was Ditrin. The 15-year-old boy was completely catatonic. The same markings that covered Chartrullian's back and chest covered his arms and face. In the adjacent room was Hamina. She writhed and convulsed in a lucid state, her exposed arms and legs also streaked with berserker. On the floor beside her bed was a shattered vase. A single violet from the gardens lie amongst the broken glass. My greatest failure waits here in suspended animation. I did this to them. If only I hadn't allowed them to become more than a responsibility. These regrets are far heavier than I could have ever imagined. I promise the nightmare will end soon. I don't remember you giving me that promise. Valerian, what are you doing here? You aren't gone long. Is the party done? I made an appearance. No one said anything about staying. How come you didn't notice me sitting here? I was lost in thought. Where are the others? Went back to their apartments. Everyone was feeling a bit... dragged. You should get some rest too. Oh, I will. But, I just... I wanted to spend some time with them. And also, I... I wanted to talk to you about tomorrow. <sighs> Look, I... I know King Starbringer wants to honor us, but... The others and myself just don't feel right accepting anything. Because of Ditrin and Homino? No. Well, yes, but it's more than that. We don't like pretending that everything's okay when it's not. It's not enough that we have to live with the fact that we killed so many people, but now... Now the Berserker is tearing each of us apart. I, I, I don't want what's happening to them to happen to the rest of us. Or anyone else. Avalian, listen to me. We're trying to learn why this happened. That's all that we can... Really? Look at my hand. At these markings. We haven't learned anything. Which is why tomorrow is important. We need help. Yeah, and we'd have more help if you didn't drive everyone away in the first place. More help and the right help are two very different things. I hate this power. We are not heroes. And, and you know what? I can't pretend that we are anymore. These people don't know how wrong and how dangerous this is. Our ships are not ships. They're conduits for madness. Do you know what I hear when I'm alone, not just me, 
all of us, the reason we keep to ourselves, why we're restless. We're followed by whispers wherever we go. I know it's the ships. We find each other wandering in strange places and, and can't remember how we got why there. Why haven't you said anything about this? Who can we tell? You? You're the last person half of us want to talk to. I have to know what's going on. You... You don't hear it, do you? No. The voice is driving me crazy on my own. How do we stop this? I don't know, but leave that burden to me. But you don't have to do it alone. I helped create this problem, so let me do more to help you. Please just... Just tell me what to do! You'll have plenty to do tomorrow. So, hold yourself together. How? How can we help them? You have to trust me. Well, that's asking a lot. What's that supposed to mean? I don't know. You used to be able to just find the answers. You know why I can't. <laughs> do I? How do I know you weren't just mad from the start? My abilities aren't what they were. It shouldn't make you so damn useless. We'll resume this conversation once you've cleared your head. The last thing I need is to have you behaving like a child. A child? No. You... You killed the child. Don't you dare try to put me on that level. It... It won't work anymore. Havalian... If you can't see me, you can't help me, and... And I can't help you. I showed up at the right time. Shan. <laughs> Don't take it to heart. He doesn't mean it. You're still awake. I sleep when she does. Tonight has not been a restful night. Havalian's being irrational. But he's not wrong. I don't know how to fix the Berserker. But I am trying. We're all doing everything we can. <laughs> the boy's hair is very long. Almost like a girl. I keep asking him to cut it, which is probably why he lets it grow. Now you get to see what it was like raising you. I am sorry if I was <laughs> ever like that. The best ones always do the opposite of what you tell them. Thank you for making the journey from Idrica. You're the only person I trust to look after them. Well, there's only so much a little old woman can do. Eventually... You're going to need more qualified help. We need Philly. How long are you willing to wait? Maybe it's time you expand your circle of trust. Labadine has men actively searching. It will work out. Suit yourself. For the record, I think Philly's weird. Unconventional. Is anything we do around here conventional? Hmm. On that note, I'm glad you're here. I've been meaning to take another look at you. That won't be necessary. It's not just for your benefit. I need to understand everything I can about the Berserker. <sighs> what do you need me to do? Off with that shirt. Oh, What's wrong? You're too skinny. Don't make this more awkward than it needs to be. Come on, sit. I'm not a child. You don't have to talk to me like oh, I'm You're one. still a big baby to me. I won't argue with you, Matron. Oh. It warms my heart to hear you call me that again. You're one of the few people I've ever had that effect on. Try to relax. Deep breaths. 
Are you still experiencing some anxiety? Yes. I have things for that. I need to work through it. Just focus on the berserker. It's progressed slightly. Only a micrometer. But it still concerns me. Have you been using your Azuria at all? Some. I think my sense of panic brings it on a little stronger. It just feels like a rope snapping inside me. Fiber by fiber. That's because you're making it worse. I am useless. Stop that. Ow! Stop what? Being pitiful. Just being honest with myself. No, you're being a defeatist. And that's not what anybody needs right now. Have any of the paladins come to you? It'll take time. Avalian said some things that have me worried. He said they're hearing whispers. Hmm. The Azuria. When you've been around as long as I have, it feels like an old friend. A constant companion. But the first time you hear it, it can be... Well, I think we're seeing it firsthand. No. This is different. Is it? The ships. They've learned sentience, and not by design. Well, that sounds complicated. If only I could know firsthand what they're going through. If they're not telling me things, there's no way of knowing what I can do. Sounds like you have your work cut out. How do you mean? The paladins want to get close to you, but they don't feel like they can. Why not? Maybe it has something to do with that temper of yours. This is too close to criticism for me to handle right now. Can I give you something to help you sleep? No. Lately, I just spend my nights reflecting on everything that's gone wrong. That sounds optional. And anxiety-inducing. I have more petulant demons to grapple with than a few twisted nerves. Suit yourself. I guess some children stay children forever. Even the dark ones. Morning came, and with it, company. Chartrullian hid among the columns in the foyer, watching the gathering masses. All these people here. I thought you told you to keep this thing private. I did, but these people have no shame. Yeah, well, I don't like any of them. I fear my presence at last night's party might have something to do with this. Why? What happened at the party? I would have told you last night if you were yourself. (laughs) If I were myself? You're the one who's lying. Why are we hiding so much? We're not lying. We're just being mindful of what not to say. (laughs) You're starting to sound just like them. I am sorry that you think so. I liked it better when you were weird. Chartrudian, there you are. Not him, he's the worst. Shh. Go get the others ready. Did I offend him? He seems a little... No, he's just being contrary to spite me. He's possessive of your energy. How did you slip through my fingers last night? I had spies at all the exits. Well, if I remember, you're the one who revealed my identity to the Rao. They asked, who's the idiot in black? Don't! It... It put me in a compromising position. That's what they asked. Though I might be paraphrasing. What was I going to do? 
lie to them? Absolutely lie. Exactly the best way to start an interplanetary alliance. Forgive me. Don't do forgiveness. That leaves the door open for people to make a fool of me twice. Then where do we stand? Right where we've always stood. At the crossroads of understanding. The Starbringers will be here soon. Always fashionably late. Makes me crazy. Are the Paladins ready? All but two. This is a very big day to miss out. You have to understand something, Yopa. When I asked you to keep this private, I had a very good reason. No need for raised voices. Isn't there? Come with me. The boy is Ditron. The girl is Hamina. What's causing this? The Paladins have been calling it the Berserker. Explain? It manifests itself as sort of a cancer. It spreads throughout the body. And eventually it reaches the brain. And once it reaches the brain... Trauma. They've been like this ever since the Calamity. Why didn't you bring this up sooner? Because I didn't think it was relevant. It wasn't until last night I learned how the others feel about doing this in their absence. How can I help? I don't expect you to help. I just needed you to know. Is that Shan? I can't believe she's still alive. There's no other help for them in Simitu. They're still fugitives outside of the compound. <sighs> I really screwed this up. Should I ask everyone to leave? No, no. You can trust me. You have every right to doubt me on that. But to be honest, it was excitement that got in the way of my judgment. Excitement? I know it's been half a lifetime since we've been close, but I still consider you a friend. Please, let me try to be a friend to you again. It's all I wanted for a long time. Is there anything else I should know? Havalian. He's been... unpredictable. Is it a security concern? No, no, nothing like that. He just... doesn't understand why this needs to stay hidden. Of course he doesn't. He's probably after some kind of exoneration. If everyone was able to see what the Jardakai have sacrificed... They'd be martyrs. History is kinder to heroes than martyrs. So let's try to make them heroes. Chartrullian and seven paladins stood in a row, front and center to the crowd. Five boys and two girls. Corbin, age 16, refugee. Paladin, Royal Armed Forces, Jardakai. K, age 15, Idrika native. Paladin in special service to the Royal Armed Forces, Jardakai. Famke, age 14, Idrika native. Paladin in special service to the Royal Armed Forces, Jardakai. Sunyata, age 15, Idrika native. Paladin in special service to the Royal Armed Forces, Jardakai. Nicola, age 16, purge survivor and refugee. Jardakai and Paladin in special service to the Royal Armed Forces. Abrook, 21, purge survivor and refugee. 
Second Lieutenant Special Service of the Royal Armed Forces, Jadakai. Havalian, age 16, purge survivor, refugee, Jadakai. First Lieutenant, Royal Armed Forces. I thought there were nine. I am representing Ditron and Hamla, ages 15 and 16, both orphans and refugees. Paladins in special service to the Royal Armed Forces, both Jadakai. Well then. Today is a monumental day, one in which we take a step in a new direction. For far too long, the Jardikai have been systematically reduced by society, and as king, I take responsibility for not putting a swifter end to this injustice. But as you know, another power exerts control over Simitu, one that I have freed myself from, and whose influence will wane in time. I hereby declare Astraeus a sanctuary, and offer all of you amnesty. I cannot promise that things will change overnight, but I do promise to fight for you, as you have fought for us. We will build a new future, together. King Starbringer worked his way down the row, issuing medals, shaking hands, and saying a few words for only them to hear. It was a casual ceremony in and of itself, and Chartrullian was relieved to see the king's good nature rubbing off on the paladins. The girls, especially, couldn't help but mirror his infectious smile. Sophrosyne, Imsep, Yoba, and Admiral Lapidine watched from the sidelines, and a respectful yet anticipatory crowd stood in silence hoping to catch some of the king's private words. Once it was over, a dozen of the attendees misted out of the crowd and congregated near the mezzanine. For them, it was time to discuss Astraeus's future. Lapidine's summit was about to begin. I shouldn't need to remind anyone that what we discuss here today is classified. Time is limited, and we have a lot to get through, so let's get started. As everyone in this room knows, our achievements here at Astraeus have surpassed expectations in delivering stronger, faster ships. To date, we have built nine Alpha prototypes, and as we saw, these nine interceptors alone were able to scatter an entire enemy armada. But our achievements go beyond that. We've identified the source of the Nine's power, the Azuria, as a game-changer for Arcus. It's proven itself in terms of power, efficiency, and implementation. From weapons to propulsion technologies, water purification systems, agriculture, and raw energy production in orders of magnitude greater than what we've harvested from the sun. As a testament to this, both the Astraeus compound and spaceport exist on its own separate Azuria-powered grid. We believe in bolstering our defenses, yes. But more than that, we believe our technology can help usher in an entire new era. Ending the war was only the beginning for Astraeus, which is why we share with you our vision for the future. I invite Lieutenant Havelian to elaborate. On the day that my special unit destroyed a third of the Rao Armada, it wasn't skill, tact, or even luck that led us to victory. 
It was power, and not just any power. Azuria, the mother of all power. But what exactly is the source of Azuria, and do we have a right to use it? I can't answer the second half of that question for everyone, but I can tell you that this isn't forbidden magic like Jardejo has led us to believe. It's science. We've only shown you a glimmer of its potential, so you know what a glimmer alone can do, for better or for worse. But in order to use it responsibly, we need a purpose. If that purpose is just to destroy, does that really live up to the values of our people? That's been the nature of our work here at Astraeus, to ask these hard questions and find ways we can do better. The paladins and I are Jardakai. And what's a better use of our talents than to usher in this new era? Imagine living on a world with oceans again, with food and plentiful natural resources. With the right minds driving our program, Azuria can give us that within our lifetimes. <laughs> well, maybe not oceans, but it could be possible. Or better yet, what if those worlds aren't even our own? We're not only finding ways to improve life for people here in Arcus, we're finding ways to expedite off-world colonization efforts. With Azuria, we can do better than we already have. Go farther, faster. Is that really a priority? The need for warships at home is far from obsolete. Mm -hmm. The Rao are under control, at least for the moment. But as long as they remain in our system, we remain vulnerable. Sure, but that doesn't change the fact that the Nine are special because of us. And there are more than nine of us out there. There are people here, in this city, who are ready to rise to the occasion. And Idrika has hundreds of Jardakai, thousands maybe, spread out across the Blighted Valley. We can give them all purpose, and everybody on the planet would benefit. An army of undesirables, here, in the capital. Seriously? That's all you can extract from this proposal? Your reaction is based on a false narrative and generations of prejudice that have been stacked against my people. Our potential is being wasted. Chartrullian saw that and gave us this chance. I don't know about you, but I'm willing to put my faith behind a man who has seen the future. Every war in Arcasian history has happened because of the Jardakai. Wrong. Those wars happen because of the fear and ignorance of others. We just get blamed for I didn't come all the way here to get a history lesson from some kid. Then hear it from a man who has dedicated his life to the subject. You forget who you are in the room with. Let Chartrillian speak. We don't want to hear these delusions from a pariah. Unlike some people, this pariah has done his homework. Oh, come on. Avelian and the others have proven themselves in battle despite resistance from our own generals. His message is one that I support. Let him finish. Thank you, Admiral, but I've said my piece. Any more time spent arguing would be a waste. Are you hearing this? Assume that you are able to relocate and train 1,000 Jardakai. 
There are still only nine ships. We'll build more. This is a model of the fleet we're planning. You'll notice several additions to the interceptors. Um, I didn't prepare any eloquent talking points, but I agree with the Admiral and Lieutenant. We need to think beyond our current situation. Azuria gives us a way to move heavier ships across larger distances faster. That means people, tools, and weapons can be moved to and from Arcus more easily. Remote colonies could be established in a fraction of the time. There doesn't have to be a war for technology like this to pay for itself. But more than that, we are working on ways to integrate Azuria into our existing infrastructure. We may not be able to change the fact that life on Arcus is unsustainable in the big picture, but we can buy back some time. How soon could you start? I like your ships, but not your Jardakai. The Jardakai come with the Azuria, otherwise you're forfeiting its advantages. Can't we just strap some Azuria whatevers to our existing ships? We have to do this the right way. It can be dangerous if used recklessly. What if the Rao attack again right now, hmm? What is Astraeus doing to keep us safe in the short term? Paladins and I are standing by, ready to fight. With the right kind of support... Right kind of support? We could do even better than before. What are you implying? Settle! Didn't Admiral Lapidine ensure that? With his little firing spree? They disobeyed orders. I need loyalty out there. Do you think we enjoy seeing our best generals out of work while the Rao remain a threat? I'm not convinced these pariah aren't even trained for men who have dedicated their lives to the service. Why not rely on all the things you have to defend us time and time again? Should I stop this? No. I'm enjoying it. I only see seven. Where are the other two? You want to know where they are? They're right where people like you put them. Brilliant. In the infirmary. Paying the price for your haste and greed. What? You can blame us all you want, but at some point, you have to turn a mirror on yourselves. Ridiculous! Want proof? I'll give it to you. What? What is wrong with your hands, son? Come on, show them. Come on, Heavy. What are you all afraid of? We may have won in the end, but we were unprepared and alone because our own generals ran from a fight they could have won without us. Lieutenant Abelian. The resulting losses were greater than they needed to be. The Jardakai will fight again if we have to, but we're going to do it on our terms. We still need time, money, and resources. Who in this room can give us that? Absolutely not. And you. King Starbringer, what are you willing to do to prove that your words earlier are more than empty promises? I will have order settled. This fight isn't just with the Rao. Our very existence is at stake. We have reached the crux, and the decisions we make today will impact the future. That much I can say. We all have a responsibility to the people of Arcus. Ours is to build a future that's actually worth fighting for. Be it against the Rao 
or against ourselves. Intolerance is an enemy of progress. We are progress. Do you want to be my enemy or their enemy? If I were you, I would rather be on our side than try to compete with us. Is that a threat? No. It is an opportunity. The Paladins and I stand before you, beaten down, crucified, punished for our very existence. We are not doing this for redemption, but we are giving you a chance at redemption. If you balk at that chance today, you will be left behind tomorrow. That is not a threat. It is a guarantee. The Madness of Chartrullian was created by H.M. Radcliffe. Original music by Sean Renner. Performed by Sean Renner and the Invoke String Quartet. Editing and sound design by H.M. Radcliffe and Edward Calvi. Narrated by Michael de la Mancha. Starring Odd Andrews, Magnus Carlson, Christian Collado, Stacey Lightman, Adam Neal, and Reginald West. And featuring the voices of Maximilian J. Contreras, Jonathan Cox, Maxine Dumaine, Quinn Ford, Morgan Ganahl, Xander Grant, Morrison James, Dallas McKenzie, Heath Martin, Hussein Mohammed, Nick McHugh, Madeline Norton, Israel Omodi, Sivan Raz, and Kieran Reagan. This has been a Pakhau Media original production. Visit chartrullian.com to learn more.